Welcome back to our next edition of Talent Talk. I'm Brock Borgeson, and this week we have a, uh, a very unique interview to look into. But before we get into that, as per usual, we'll take a look back on what happened during the last week or so in UNF Athletics. Uh, this week it'll include a little bit of basketball and then some news for some of the other sports, especially in the spring, uh, regarding the schedule releases and all the new schedules that were announced. So starting with the men's basketball team, men's basketball won one and one roughly over the last week uh, between games against High Point and Austin P. UNF took down Tubby Smith's High Point Panthers with 17 threes and a 93 to 70 route Monday, December 2nd. North Florida is 5-0 in home games this year, although on the road in Clarksville, Tennessee, Austin P. pulled away late Saturday for a 90-83 win. UNF is on a season-long seven-game road stretch right now until finally coming home to take on FGCU Thursday, January 9th. North Florida also leads the nation in threes, and Carter Hendrickson picked up his second ASUN Player of the Week honor of the year, so good job by you, Carter. On to the women's side, UNF women's basketball just came off of a road loss at a tough Indiana team, number 14, 16, Indiana. They'll be again on the road to take on Florida State December 18th, and the Ospreys have already played three Power 5 opponents. UNF last week was sixth in the nation in free throws made, so getting to the line quite a bit. Talking about those schedule releases, a lot of new schedules are out for a very busy spring as per usual. Baseball released its schedule featuring 52 games, 35 home games, 5 Power 5 opponents. Softball will be playing 51 games as of right now, and they will be taking on 3 Power 5 opponents that have a couple home tournaments. Men's and women's tennis, as usual, have a lot of home matches this year, combining for 23 home matches across the season and beach volleyball will have nine home matches and we'll play a very competitive slate playing 10 teams that were ranked in the top 20 just a year ago so that is the lowdown on what happened last week now we'll get into our interview today with uh unf cheerleader alexa lexi singletary how do you prefer uh lexi's fine we'll go with lexi okay um so first off um you you know you're on the cheer squad but i also heard through uh, mark power our baseball trainer and and cheer trainer that you have some experience in the circus um, and your family does as well so that's a pretty unique story uh, before we get into that uh, let's just you know what are the basics major how long you know you've been in cheer doing that type of thing what your goals are and what year you are all right so i am a junior i am a marine biology major um i've been cheering on the UNF team for two years, but I've been cheering for about 15 years overall. Um, what was the other one? And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, what year you were. Yeah, and I think you might have already covered junior. junior. Yep. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, you're all good there. Cool. Um, so you kind of before we got on air, you were just explaining, you know, you went to Providence, um, you've been around the area and then you moved up to Indiana for this. Yes. Um, so where, where's home home then? I consider home home Probably Florida, but home home in Indiana is Peru, Indiana. Okay. Small, small town. You probably never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of small towns out there that yes. you probably got exposed to that right. you're like, oh, this, is, <laughs> you know, this isn't quite like Florida. Right. Um, why did you, you know, choose UNF? Because obviously you went, you know, back up to Indiana and then you probably didn't know exactly what 
path you were going to take then, I'm guessing, and then right. you came back down here? There were definitely, I did debate doing college in Indiana. Um, I do have family in both states as well, so I think I was kind of over the small town vibe, so I took the leap, came to Florida, and UNF was closest to my family, so I kind of just wanted to stay nearby, at least for until I got my bearings, and then joined the cheer team, fell in love with it, and I just never left. Sure, and then obviously studying marine biology, it's a good spot for that, so. Great spot, yeah. Right. Um, so when did you first get into cheerleading then on a personal level before you got, you know, obviously into you? I started cheering around two or three years old. My mom owned a competitive cheer gym when we lived here in Jacksonville when okay. I was growing up. Where at? Um, literally like 15 minutes away from here. Not, not far. No. So you're very familiar with the area. Yeah. So um, how was that cheering growing up? I mean, kind of explain the, the culture of the sport for a lot of people that aren't familiar with it because, I mean... It's not that it always gets a lot of publicity, and it's obviously very demanding physically, though. Right. Yeah, cheering growing up was definitely demanding, especially with my mom being the head coach. I would get there right after school. We wouldn't leave until midnight, until everyone else left. So it was very demanding on the body, on the mind, doing homework there after four hours of practice and traveling on the weekends for competitions. So definitely grew up with cheer was the only thing that I was doing at the time. Um, but I definitely wouldn't trade it. It was taught me a lot throughout, like even helps with like life skills. Yeah. What, what kind of goes into it? Like, how do you, you know, how do you parallel the work that you do in cheer to maybe like gymnastics or, you know, other, you know, to dance or to other elements of body weight work? Um, I would say, so I, I did competitive hip hop for three years as okay. well. So I did branch off and dance for a little bit, um, within cheerleading, especially like the competitive aspect, which UNF does com- competitions as well. Um, dancing, flipping, just like gymnastics as well. Um, and then cheerleading, which is the stunting part, throwing the girls in the air. So it's actually all three kind of combined for a big performance that you compete against every uni- university. So having a background in one or multiple only increases your chance on just having a better skill in cheerleading, like being more rounded. Yeah. Um, what, you know, how do you get over that fear part of, you know, doing aerial stuff and cheer and trusting people. I mean, is that, was that always kind of a hurdle that you have to get through as a cheer, you know, cheerleader? I would say I've definitely met people through cheer that get really bad mental blocks with certain things. I've never been one. I've always been kind of an adrenaline junkie in the sense okay. that. So that goes well. Yeah. yeah. So in the sense of my mom at four years old is like flip. I <laughs> didn't hesitate. I was like, okay, fine. And like, I would land it on my face a few times and she'd be like, brush it off. You're fine. Like she taught me from day one. Like if you don't give a hundred percent, you're going to land on your face. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to do it, commit to it. So it was ingrained in you, you yeah, know, from your mom. For sure. Um, and so you've had that background and then you had this life switch mm-hmm. and you're going to Peru, Indiana. Um, why, why did that happen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My mom's family is in Indiana, so she was born and raised there. Okay. When she, you know, was going into college, she moved here. And so she wanted to go back, be closer with her family, and I went with her. But there was not competitive cheerleading, in, like, near that small town. So she gave up her gym here, sold it, everything, and was like, well, I want you to cheer, but there's no cheer. How about the circus? And I was like, okay. I was, like, maybe nine. So I was like, yeah, okay, sounds cool. Like, it didn't sound weird to me at the time because – I mean, you're going with what mom says. Right. And I, she's always told me growing up, like, I have newspaper articles of, like, 
her in the circus. Like, literally, when she was, like, 16, it's, like, her on the front, and it's, like, oh, Peru Circus. So I'm, like, oh, it's a, it's a normal thing. Yeah, if mom does it, then, you right. know, she's on the like, paper. Everybody has this experience. Right. So did that ever kind of novelty, like, emerge in your mind? Like, wow, this is, like, not normal. Like, this is not usual. I think it yeah. did when I called my dad after, like, my first, like, week of circus practice. Uh-huh. And I was, like, showing him videos and, like, just telling about it. And he was like, this isn't normal. And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? And he was like, I mean, I didn't even really think cheer was normal. Like, he always grew up kind of like, he was actually, like, baseball. Like, that was his thing. Uh-huh. He got two girls, we were both cheerleaders. So okay. he was like, I didn't think cheer was normal, let alone circus. Yeah. So he's adjusting as it is on right. the fly and you're doing but cheer. But there, it's like all of my friends there or even, like, at school, it's like, oh, I have circus practice. They're like, oh, okay, what time? Like, it's a more normal thing because a lot of people there do it. Cause so, so like, the community is based around it yeah. in a way. So how big is your town then? Like, it was, like, 500 people. <laughs> yeah. It was probably maybe, like, a 1,000, 1,100 or so. It was very small, but it was, it was almost like an after-school sport for a lot of kids because it was – you don't get paid to, but it was it's also kind of free to do and maybe, like, a $50 fee, but – it was like an all summer and like a half of the year thing. Okay. So um, if the community is kind of involved in it, how many people would be working in the circus there, like in that town? Um, we would have performers wise, it would probably be 250 to 300 performers. Just performers. Yeah, just performers. And then the cool thing about it would be the alumni of the performers, whether they used to be circus trainers or they just used to perform their whole life, they now become the trainers. And then they also help with, um, they're called riggers, where they set up the equipment for us okay. during shows. And so you've got all the good. other logistics that go into it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people get involved in, like, the business side and yeah. finances. And yeah. So how many, like, total employees were there? Like, beyond the import? I mean, that's got to be close. A lot. There were um, circus producers and then co-producers. And then, yeah, like you said, the finance. And trainer-wise, there's probably, like, 30 trainers. And they all would train different acts and... A lot of people. There was a lot of people behind the scenes for sure. So, so was that at any point kind of like overwhelming? Was that intimidating? You know, like going into it with how, this, how big it was, the scale? Um, not really because my very first trainer um, when I was young going into it was actually my mom's trainer when she was growing up. So he was a little older, okay. but he was like, yeah, I trained your mom from when she was like your age. So it was very like everybody that like one of my favorite trainers he was actually like the town state trooper so okay. it's like they were all like living double that's lives. crazy yeah total yeah. double lives to where it was a very tight-knit community to where it was definitely like family like hanging out outside within okay um do you keep in touch with a lot of them still i do yeah yeah i actually keep in touch probably with some of my circus people more than like i do my family sometimes right around here was it like <laughs> kind of having a family i mean everybody like kind of you had your own little city community right it was that and especially because we would train five to six days a week and then a practice isn't two hours it's usually like four to five so it was like you lived there it was an after school job basically is the are the practices so long because you know obviously you have the training physical part of it but i mean like you're coordinating things like it's a performance in a way is that why it's long aspect definitely comes into play but how it works is yeah, so, go into that. I don't yeah, no, know no, where to no, start. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, like, in a circus show, there's many different acts. You know, there's trapeze, trampoline. Like, there's many different um, aspects of it. And those are all called acts, but you have to try out. So, it's like, I usually would try out for 9 to 10, and they only allowed you to make 5 um, just for practice reasons. You physically can't 
do 10 for performance yeah. and stuff. Um, so it depends on how many you want to try out for. I always tried out for a lot to try to get my options open and see what I wanted to do and would try new things every year. Um, but usually I would always perform five, and that was about five days a week. What was your favorite? Uh, flying trophies. So that's pretty daring. Yeah. yeah that one was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely probably the most daring. Actually, the first time, my mom was the one that was like, I want you to do this. Because that's like the, that's the big act. Like, that's is she an like, adrenaline junkie too? She yeah. Is. Yeah. She 100% so is. She's, yeah. Her and I are identical in that. And the very first time I tried out for flying trapeze, um, the pedestal is about 35 foot up. <laughs> so I climbed the ladder and I was like 10. I get up there and I started crying. <laughs> and I was, because I looked down and I started crying and I came back down the ladder. And my mom watched me. She's like, Are you kidding me? I was like, I can't. And she said, We're coming back tomorrow. And I was like, Okay, fine. Because I was terrified of the height, but now I'm love it like i want to go skydiving because of it like that's, so that so you did that yeah and what were the other kind of you know um, events you were doing or performances? i also did uh tumbling okay which helps obviously a lot with cheerleading mm -hmm. um trampoline um different forms of trapeze there was called something called single trapeze and multiple trapeze uh i did contortion russian bar um hand balancing okay and high wire okay and so if you are assigned to different, you know, acts, mm -hmm. how does that work? Like each performance, you're always going to have all of those acts and you're going to do, I've got five things. Mm -hmm. That's when I do them. Right. So yeah, every kind of like on a show day, every act has a different costume. So it's like. So you're changing too. Yeah. So you're changing, you know, the show starts. It's like, oh, okay. So I know I perform at two o'clock for my first act. So it's like you put that costume on, you go. And sometimes they're back to back where you have quick changes where you like run change run back out or sometimes you have an hour in between mm -hmm. and shows are usually like three hours what do you do in that time if you're you know waiting for your next act honestly as it's not you, know, you think it'd be cool but it's usually sitting in the back eating food yeah you're just doing <laughs> something to get past the time right yeah literally sitting on in the back like a lot of people would take naps like, Man, I don't know how they could. like one time there was like i had all my acts in the first like 30 minutes and then my last act was two hours later okay. so it was like a two-hour gap where i would like lay in the back so it's like track athletes a lot of times mm -hmm. or swimmers yep. i mean you're getting and then you got a 45 minute hour and a half delay right. and you just got to like figure out what to do and then you're like oh i gotta go yeah <laughs> was it did you ever have times where you're just the nerves got best to you when you're competing or, or not competing, sure. but performing. Yeah. There are, especially around like the first couple shows, it was like complete shaking, which is like, I need my hands to stop shaking yeah. how much trapeze. Like I need to grab the bar. Yeah. Um, it definitely very nerve wracking just because it's like, if you mess up, you hear the whole crowd go, Oh, uh, you hear the it's like It's just like in the movies when it's like something comes crashing down. So it's very nerve-wracking, and especially when I had family from here fly there. So it's like... I want to perform for them. Right, and it's like... And a lot of those tricks, it's not like you just do them every time. There are a lot of shows where it's you miss that trick or you fall. It's very common to fall during shows. Um, so if you, you know... Have you seen, you know, pretty bad injuries doing it? I have. As far as... Yes. As much as you want to go into it, you Yeah, can, I, have, I have seen yeah. insane injuries. I have seen... One girl, she fell from 30 foot up straight to the concrete. And she is doing great. Very. Okay, good. She yeah. Is a, yeah, yeah, not telling <laughs> um, She's doing great, but it's been very, they definitely teach safety. My mom actually broke her back when she was in the circus as well. It, she's doing great as well. But when she was 16, she broke her back. So I don't know why she just threw me uh, into yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, is a rite of passage, yeah, to I be think honest. It, it comes with it because it's just so many. Luckily, I have not endured any, like I've done 
few small things here and there, but nothing that's been like wanted me to step back from it. Yeah. Um, when you're in the midst of it, were you like, this is going to be my life? Like I'm going to do this for as long as I can. Honestly. Yes. Um, so the circus I was in, you actually age out at around 27. Um, and we are considered amateur because we don't get paid. And then once you get paid, you're considered professional. So how do you, how does the, how does the payment work? Like, well, how is the circus working as a business then? Um, if the perform- so who's, is someone getting paid within, you know, the circus? All of the, so the trainers and the producers and everyone like doing the business part of it, they all do get paid, but I know it's not their only job. Mm-hmm. So I know it's very, um, kind of volunteer based because you know, the money isn't greatly there, but it's also very community based because it's a lot of, um, a lot of sponsors. Cause we also do road shows where we would travel to different states um Mm -hmm. and we would literally like block off a road and we would have people just come and we would put out a couple mats and we would do complete performance in the middle of a road okay and we would get a lot of money based off that and so it just kind of depends we'd have sponsors donations fundraising so it's kind of wild wild west of making things work for sure um so if you thought at that time i'm gonna do this the rest of my life is gonna be a part of me the rest of my life like were you, did you have other plans like career wise at the time? Like I'm going to um, double up with this or like, was it just like, this is kind of wild. I like it, you know? Right. I actually, so I worked in a vet for about three years okay. there. So my, I was like, I want to go to vet school. Like that's what I want to do. And then, um, my best friend that I had been doing flying trapeze with for about six years, she got offered a professional job when she turned like 22 and, um, she was like, I think I want to take it. And I was like, okay. And then they offered me a job. I called my dad about that, and he was like, don't even think about it. Going on the road for the circus, he's like, literally, you're not running away with the circus. And I was like, I was like come funny. on. I was like, give me a year, one year to do it, like to travel. Like, I just graduated. and Great. like Before yeah. college, I was like, let me travel. Yeah. He was, no, not happening. So it didn't happen? No, my best friend did, and she hasn't been home in about three years. So it could have happened. That could have happened. That could have happened. Yeah. She, and she did the same thing. She said, I'm going to go for a year she got hooked i think it's also one of those things you get you either love it or you hate it um it d- definitely just depends so if you cap people. out like the 27 mm-hmm. what do, you, do a lot of people stay in it some somehow still they're doing I, another element of it and they make it a career yeah, yeah i would say so because they usually that's usually kind of when they become trainers if you stick it out so twi- a lot of people will kind of stop around college age because you go away to college um but if you do stick it out until the um like until you age out most likely they'll give you one of the easier acts to start training and you start working your way up to the harder acts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another one of the things I kind of want to talk about was the perception of y- y- like you being a part of this, mm-hmm. you know, cause I mean, I think when a lot of people think of a circus, you know, they're, you kind of, you kind of get this like creepy carnival, like freak show pers- <laughs> perce- right. perspective of it. Um, and like everything's decrepit and like worn down and like, um, dangerous, all that, you know, and you got tigers and all, you know, everything like that. Right. Um, is that anything, is that true at all? We, <laughs> so it kind of depends. Um, definitely not the whole freak show carnival vibe. Um, there were people like even my best friend that I met here in Jacksonville opening line. She was like, what do you do for fun? I was like, I was in the circus. And she was like that. The second you told me that she's like, I wrote you off. I was like, we're not going to be friends. She's like, I thought you were weird. Now she's my roommate. So it's like, it definitely gives people a weird vibe. I've had some people be like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. And some, some people say, like, that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. 
I mean, both are both ways. It's both cool. Ways. Yeah. And, like, we do have um, elephants. That was the only live animals we would use. But it's also the vet I worked for. They rescued an injured tiger from a circus, and they have a pet tiger. Okay. So it's like the vet couple I work for, I help them out with their tiger. So there are tigers. And it's all linked in there. here. Right. Yeah. Just not with our circus at the time. <laughs> so the common response to you saying I'm in the circus is what then? Um, usually, are you joking? Yeah. Or like, are you being serious? What's the next question they ask? Um, what did you do? How did you get into that? Like, yeah. How? Like, it's just literally speechless usually because to me, I didn't realize it was so weird. I mean, I used to call or like email like my high school teachers and be like, hey, I have circus practice tonight. Like, can I bring this in tomorrow? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, no problem. Because like Cause the sound understands it. They came to the shows. Yeah. So, <laughs> like they would know. And so you're like, like a celebrity in some senses. I wouldn't say celebrity, but it was definitely put my name out there more. Yeah. For sure. It was cool. Do a lot of, can a lot of people that have this experience, they leverage it um, like you have going away with cheer. You know, they use it in other avenues like that. Um, you know, whether it's they go on to teach like your mom did, had her own business. I think it definitely helps an athletic perspective because it ties in almost every sport I feel like I've ever heard yeah. of, like tied into the circus. So it's with this background, like I took, I mean, I cheered in high school, but I took about eight years off competitive cheerleading, which is really hard to like get back into it. But circus made it like I joined the cheer team and it was like nothing changed. Like mm -hmm. I still had that cheer skill from doing all the circus. Mm -hmm. So it definitely helps with later on, especially with, um, we did, you know, we were on TV, we did TV interviews. We tried out for America's Got Talent one oh, time. Wow. Okay. So we got a lot of opportunities, which helped you get in the public, talk to people, connections. and. So dovetail that into practice at UNF and cheer. I mean, you're, so you're going to a circus practice and you've got that memory in your mind mm -hmm. and then you're at a cheer practice. How different is it being a part of that? You know, those two different spheres, like how, how different are they? Definitely different. Like circuits practice, I would be showing up and it's like you have to spend the first 30 minutes setting up your equipment using all these like big, like you got to know what you're doing mm -hmm. with all this big equipment. And then it's just like, oh, they just fell on their face in a net from 20 feet up. It's like, you're fine. Brush yeah. it off. Like yeah. you're crying about to go because you're <laughs> in pain. They're like, brush it off. You're okay. And cheerleading is just definitely such a different atmosphere. Yeah. It's overall, I would, I mean, cheer is, I would say more calm. Usually every time going to circus, I would always get like the pit in my stomach where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do today? Like you got a nerve, you always, know, I was always kind of on edge, which I think is what was so addicting about yeah. it because yeah. cheer, I'm always kind of like, okay, I know we're going to do this. I still love it all, but it's, it's, it's controlled and it's planned out. Right. Yeah. And it's more regimented in that way. Right. And you, you wouldn't necessarily get your daily plans then going into a circus practice then you wouldn't mm -mm. get that ahead of time. No. Yeah. So you're just like, I don't know if I'm going to make it through the day. Right. <laughs> type of perspective like i don't yeah. know if i will have all of my faculties at the end of right. at there the end of the day a couple practices that i would like be so nervous all day like almost like six feelings i'm like i don't want to do this one trick that i've been working on like i don't want to terrifying to where like i would straight up like text and be like hey i'm not feeling well i can't come and practice tonight oh yeah like, i sure. would call out from being so nervous I mean, I've had friends, I mean, friends do that for basketball practices, right. you know, it's you like, just, <laughs> you get a pit in your stomach and you're like, today's not the day. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's wild. So would you say that, that really kind of mellowed you out in cheer? You're able to perform better in cheer because of yeah. that mental training? I would say so. My dad has even said that he was like, I think you work under pressure. That's always been mm -hmm. my go-to 
So it's definitely helped with um, like cheering games and competitions mm-hmm. where I feel way more relaxed, not mm-hmm. as nervous, not as stressed. When circus, it was like they would announce my name on the inter- or the microphone, and it's like it all eyes on me with a spotlight. Do your trick. If you fall, it's like, oh, we know your name now. Yeah, we you know, know your name and you know you failed. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like on the team, it's a lot more supportive environment. You can count on each other, and it's mm-hmm. not as stressful. How does that kind of better do you for your life, you know, having that? constant mental testing from circus it is definitely helped just i would say just like adjust and just kind of being more um headstrong like moving to florida i was freaked out for a second because i was like bigger city mgp like using the gps to get to unf mm-hmm. to get to work and mm-hmm. everything so is and then also like just trying to learn campus meeting people and walking onto a team is always stressful especially i transferred as a sophomore okay. so it was like i walked on and i didn't know anybody all mm-hmm. these people have known each other um so a lot of situations like that usually i would probably be like really stressed and be like i don't want to do this mm-hmm. like i've always been a very shy and to myself mm-hmm. but circus has put me in situations where i'm not allowed to be mm-hmm. shy into myself mm-hmm. so it's definitely helped me open up and be able to take the pressure and be like okay let's do something mm-hmm. with it so how are classes going here and what's your goal with marine biology Classes are actually going really well. Um, it took me a, a second to figure out what I wanted to do. So once I figured it out, classes just started uh, moving right along. Um, I do. I love sharks. I love dolphins. Love the ocean. The mystery of it all. So, And I think that comes with an adrenaline rush because I love sharks and I want to work with them. I want to research them. I want to see them up close and personal. I'm going to be in the cage down Literally, there Literally, I want to be like yeah. in the cage. I want to see what's going on. So this all, there's all a theme here. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all coming full <laughs> circle. And then it's also, um, if I were to get a BS in marine biology, I can use that to apply for vet school or I can just stop after four years. Okay. So it's also long term, it'd be awesome to work as a vet. Um, I had a lot of experience, surgical assisting and everything fell in love with it so kind of depends how i feel after four years and go from there sure well and obviously unf's a great spot you know for that uh, for that like we said um so thanks again lexi for coming on i mean there's a lot more that you could talk about with the circus um and a lot of other things um any other final things that you want to say um just thank you for having me this is super cool i think it's cool to talk about because a lot of people are like what is she talking about yeah so i'm glad i can get it out there so thank you for having me yeah thanks for letting me track you down i wanted to talk about it so (laughs) no problem so uh lexi singletary um thanks again for being on the show um and then next week we'll we'll have another interview uh probably not from someone in the circus but (laughs) something else for everybody So before we close things up, thanks again to Alexa for coming in. Men's basketball will go to Southern Miss for the back end of a home-and-home against the Golden Eagles Saturday. Up next for both men's and women's basketball after that, men's and women's basketball will be in Tallahassee, playing Florida State December 17th and 18th respectively. And after that, women's basketball will return home before men's basketball continues its road stretch with games at Syracuse and Dayton. Women's basketball will be hosting Holy Cross and Edward Waters December 28th and 31st. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Talent Talk. Be sure to always check in on Thursday for new Thursdays for new episodes and head over to unfospreys.com for the latest on all of UNF sports.